curious, competitive, compassionate. Salespeople are drawn to their careers in much the same way musicians are drawn to music. Once you've learned the language of sales, the beauty is in your ability to personally interpret what you've learned to suit your personality, your interest, and your skill. My name is Roger Burnett, and this is the So You're In Sales podcast, where we consider ways to grow as people as we advance in our careers and learn firsthand from those ahead of us on the path to accelerate our journey. I'm lucky to get to talk every two weeks with entrepreneurs, business owners, thought leaders, authors, and people of all walks of life, each with a unique story to share and a look at their lessons along the way. Prepare to be educated, informed, entertained, and inspired. This is the So You're In Sales Podcast. The So You're In Sales Podcast is sponsored by Social Good Promotions. Social Good Promotions was founded on the premise that any business can stand out from their competition when they are doing things they really believe in. True success these days is measured by the ways your employees feel about working for you and the ways your business is making the community a better place. Ultimately, it's about the ways you and your business will be remembered. If you're looking to grow your sales revenue while activating social good at the same time, we'll be your favorite marketing partner ever. Book a meeting with us at socialgoodpromotions.com, follow us on Instagram at sogoodpromo, and let's get connected. We've done great work using our unique and effective strategy. Let us show you how. Now, on with the show. Today finds us launching a new thread dedicated to productivity. As we all know, our most precious resource is time. And while many of us are in desperate need of more of it, time is also the one resource that can't be grown. It can only be leveraged. So since many of us are so caught up in what is right now a really rewarding economy, A lot of interpersonal discussions I participate in seem to focus on the symptoms of failed productivity instead of looking at and delving into ways to share notes and struggles with becoming more productive and efficient. So I'm going to use the rest of this episode to share with you five thoughts on things I think you can do right now, today, that could make you a little more knowledgeable, a little more informed, and perhaps on the path to increased productivity. So you ready? Let's get into it. So first and foremost, I wanted to cover five books that I believe should you spend some time going out to Amazon and downloading onto your Kindle or however else you may read books. Uh, I believe that these books will provide you some keen insights, both as you are looking to organize your business, scale your business, and then obviously measure and implement successful ways to continue to grow your business. So first and foremost, I think that you should focus on the book called Predictable Success by Les McCown. Les is a great author. There's actually a bonus book that goes along with it that he wrote after Predictable Success called The Synergist. It really highlights what Les believes to be the steps in the evolution of a business from startup through its growth phase and ultimately into its maturation and potentially its death if the uh, appropriate measures aren't taken for an organization to stay in what less coins the area of predictable success. 
really chock full of great insights there. Les did a tremendous job. There's actually also, if you visit Predictable Success's website, there's a video series that accompanies the book that I believe gives you actionable strategies to then take what you've learned within the pages of the book and apply them into your own businesses on a day-to-day basis using the template that Les outlines in the video series. Secondarily up would be uh, Anthony Yanarino. Anarino, I think is what he prefers it to be uh, pronounced. Anthony has written a number of books, the most recent one called Eat Their Lunch. Anthony is a killer salesperson, really focused on the necessary disciplines uh, within sales as an overall career to be successful and what's necessary in order for each and every one of us to focus on the really important tasks as opposed to the urgent things that get in the way of us being successful on a day in and day out basis. Eat Their Lunch really talks about competitive displacement, which is essentially how are you going to knock out the incumbent from whatever account it is that you are trying to take away from him or her and what's necessary in order for you to be able to accomplish that task. Again, Anthony, in much the same way as Les, offers more than just pages with thoughts in a book. Uh, within what you'll read, there's actually uh, strategies and actionable outcomes that you can pull right from the book and use in a workbook uh, fashion in order for you to be able to actually measure the success uh, aspects that Anthony discusses and decide whether or not what you're doing is actually realizing some success. As a bonus, Anthony also participates in a conference in Atlanta, Georgia called the Outbound Sales Conference really focuses on what's important in order for you to continue to prospect and get more top of funnel opportunities into your pipeline. Lots of really high quality, talented thought leaders present at that conference. It's actually going on, may have just actually completed uh, this time of year each year. So uh, please take a look at the 2020 Outbound Conference in Atlanta. Next up is Radical Candor by Kim Scott. Kim was uh, involved with Facebook, uh, founder Sheryl Sandberg from Facebook, and uh, in the book, she talks a lot about what's necessary in order for organizations to be able to achieve success from a communication standpoint, and where personalities and other conflicts uh, tend to create animosity and tension and inability for members of an organization to work cohesively. Kim's book really dives into how to be able to overcome those challenges in communication and gives you a framework and outline on how you may be able to communicate more effectively and more freely both with and amongst the employees within the organization. Really great book. There's a a podcast series that accompanies that that Kim put out for a while that talks about uh, how some businesses that she's encountered are actually using those strategies. So there's a lot of opportunity for you to get involved in that content uh, beyond just the book as well. Next up is Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller, and also the Building a Story Brand podcast series, which features Donald and Dr. J.J. Peterson. Don would suggest, and through his framework and book that he wrote called Building a Story Brand, there's a lot of discussion around how marketeers and salespeople today have a very difficult time communicating what it is that they actually do and what separates their businesses from competitors that do something similar. And Don would suggest that a lot of money has been being wasted by marketers in attempting to try to communicate that message in 
god awful and just terrible and in some ways counterintuitive and actually counterproductive ways. So again, uh, building a story brand again is a work workshop based um, program. So in addition to just uh, reading the book or using the framework to help clarify your own message, there's ample opportunity for you to be able to find a community of folks who have been trained in that method methodology, myself included. Lots of really great actionable steps for you to be able to clarify your message, be it for marketing collateral, your website, uh, a keynote address that you might be given, even down to the pitch that you give someone when you are trying to convince them to use your product or service, be it in a formal setting or something even as informal as your elevator pitch. There's just a, a lot to be learned from Donald in that framework. And if you want to know more about it, feel free to reach out to me directly. And I'm happy to share more about my personal experience with that methodology. And then last but not least, is not one book, but actually now uh, eight books in the Goldfish series, written by Stan Phelps. Stan is a world class marketeer. He's a thought leader, TEDx speaker, IBM futurist. He's gone to great lengths to become versed in doing the little things, regardless of the discipline within your organization, regardless of where you sit in the organizational hierarchy, Stan's going to give you little things that you can do that will make a difference and allow your business to stand out and provide differentiation in the marketplace against your competitors. All very solid. All five authors would love for you to spend time with their content. And I don't think that you will be let down doing so. Next up are five people to follow. Not going to tell you the exact five people and where you should go follow them. But more importantly, what I think you should be considering is what would be the five experts that you would want to talk to on topics specific to your business development or perhaps even your own personal development? Who would be five experts that you would want to talk to? What would be those categories? So let me give you a couple examples. For me, the five that I would be focused on at the moment is, given all of the different things that I'm working on, I'm really always trying to find more time. So I'm always interested in time management hacks. And I've stumbled upon over the last little bit, uh, Mr. David Allen and the getting things done methodology. David proposes that having an external system to manage, manage your tasks and projects that is not your brain is key to your success. And if you are not doing that, you are never going to be as successful as you would be if you were to adopt that methodology. So getting things done methodology by David Allen is a great time management hack. Also, I would suggest that seeking out experts on the platforms that you are new to would be really, really valuable for anyone who's trying to become more proficient on a new platform. So for instance, I'm a longtime Shopify user, but we are using it in our own business in a different way than I've ever done before. So I am following as many people as I possibly can that are experts on that platform that can help me get information on how to better use it for the new leverage point that we've introduced in our own business. Also, the gaming platform Twitch where people actually spend time watching other people play video games. I know it sounds crazy, but it's actually a huge market. So I'm following people who are covering the Twitch marketplace so that I can learn more about it. And then lastly, I believe it's 
important for every salesperson these days to be proficient in some kind of image editing software suite. So I'm following the Adobe suite and looking for people who are demonstrating proficiency in teaching that to novices like myself so that I can stop being a burden to all of my design and graphics partners and be able to do some of the more easy blocking and tackling things on my own. I also think that you should be following markets that you'd like to break into. So if you're looking to sell to businesses in a new vertical market that perhaps you don't have much in the way of knowledge or expertise in, you need to be able to speak those people's languages. So by following those markets and learning the the people that are in those spaces and how they talk and the things that they talk about is vital for you to uh, start the journey towards becoming the expert that you will need to be in a new marketplace should you want to be seen as an authority and a credible person to buy from in that space. A couple of those markets that I'm personally studying right now are the personal care and outdoor recreation spaces so that I can be able to speak their language in a way that does not have me sound like a fraud. The fourth thing I would say is causes that you believe in. So, What you're looking for are the community of people that also believe in those causes that you are passionate about. No better way to connect with someone than to connect around something that you both have a shared belief around. So what better way to find potential people to connect with than behind those causes that you may share as near and dear to your heart. And then lastly, I wanted to touch on specifically the notion of hashtagging on LinkedIn. If you're not following hashtags on LinkedIn, you are missing out. There are excellent threaded discussions going on on a multitude of different types of hashtags, and you would be loath to miss them. So please, by all means, spend time on LinkedIn and looking into those hashtags that you believe would be of most interest to you. And don't let platform fatigue cause you to miss out on knowledge. If you don't really follow a lot of different social media platforms, you don't have to necessarily be on any one of these platforms to find the type of people that I'm describing. Just do a Google search. Just Google in thought leaders on Shopify in Google, and you'll be astounded at what it is that you will be able to find. And then ultimately, that will lead you back to the places that you want to follow people on the platforms that you are most comfortable with. So for instance, if you're not big on Twitter, and there's an influencer in one of the marketplaces that you're trying to learn, don't join Twitter just to follow them. Find somebody else that's on a platform that you are more comfortable with and spend your time learning from them. Next up, five places that I think you need to show up as a broadcaster. We all have opportunities to demonstrate our expertise, but it's very difficult to get people to pay attention to your expertise unless you're doing it in a noteworthy way. So here's five places that I think that you could potentially leverage your expertise into being seen by the greatest number of eyes possible. So first and foremost, I would tell you that native video on LinkedIn seems to just be exploding. And the quality of the content that's being produced and shared on LinkedIn is pretty consistent with what you would expect from the professionalism that you typically see on that platform. But what I love is that people are not 
overproducing their content. They're allowing themselves to do a little bit more of a DIY uh, effect on the videos that they're shooting. And consequently, it's causing that platform to really blow up from a video perspective. Uh, Just to give you an idea, LinkedIn themselves has uh, told us that video content is shared by a factor of over 20 times in comparison to any other type of content created on their platform. So if you are making good video, you know that you have the best opportunity possible for that to be seen more so than any other place or any other type of content on LinkedIn. And additionally, HubSpot did a study and they found that LinkedIn is actually superior to Facebook and Twitter in SEO improvement via social sharing on the platform. So if you share out a good piece of content in a video format on LinkedIn and, and do it natively and it goes even remotely viral, you are going to improve your business, your personal and your um, uh, topic search engine rankings for, um, on that platform by on the Google platform by virtue of your ability to produce and share that kind of content on that platform. So do it. Next up is Instagram TV. Instagram TV, since its June 18th to June of 2018 release is really blown up. And uh, for instance, uh, a great example of this is uh, the news, not noise platform by Jessica Yellen, Jessica, J-E-S-S-I-C-A Yellen, Y-E-L-L-I-N. Jessica is a network news broadcaster who is now using Instagram TV to produce her own news that's independent of any cable news platform, and it's it's just a fascinating, fascinating um, platform for anyone to watch, regardless of your politics, regardless of what you feel about news today. I'm not really focused on her content as much as the way that she's leveraging LinkedIn as a, a video platform in order to stand out and differentiate herself in what is obviously a very politicized and difficult climate of uh, cable news these days. More importantly, Instagram TV and Instagram as an app, really when you're broadcasting there, you're broadcasting to mostly users under the age of 35 as more than 70% of the 800 million users fit into that demographic on Instagram and 64% of them are between 18 and 29 years old and believe it or not, on Instagram, it is a straight 50-50 split on gender, so you're not necessarily um, appealing to any one gender over another. It's split pretty much straight down the middle. But 800 million users, 70% of them under the age of 35. What a great way to reach that demographic using that platform in a differentiated way. Next up is Slack. Slack had 8 million users as of August 2018, which was the last time I could find statistics. And Slack was originally intended as a private team-only collaboration and internal communication platform. But now there are over 70,000 teams using what used to be just the free platform and are actually paying to use the platform, including a whopping 43% of the Fortune 100 are now paying to use Slack as a communication collaboration tool. What an amazing, amazing opportunity to use a platform that is predominantly uh, used by business professionals for business communication and information sharing. 
The beauty of the Slack platform is that you now have the opportunity and the ability to invite people from not within your own organization to communicate with you on your platform by an email generated invitation. So you have a great opportunity to create a private closed loop communication and collaboration tool with other members of your supply chain that you can invite in around threaded topics that have to do with perhaps a client or a vertical market or a specific piece of strategy that you're trying to develop and that you're looking for additional eyes from outside of your organization to to participate in what you're doing. It's an amazingly effective and really strategic and dynamic communication tool. I'm absolutely in love with the platform and welcome the opportunity to spend more time communicating with all of you who may decide to adopt that in the future via Slack. So what better way, imagine, invite your own uh, inside supplier reps to join you on a private Slack channel and talk about your opportunities. I also want to touch on Facebook Live real quick. Facebook Live, a lot of people think it's hokey and that there's really not a lot of of business value inherent within that platform. And I'm not going to debate that. But what I want you to consider is using it more as a commemorative tool to document moments in time that you may want to reference in future discussions with people that instead of just talking about how awesome something was, why not have that Facebook Live session available as a link to be able to share back out to interested parties when you're having those discussions about whatever it is that you're referencing. I'll give you an example. Last year in the promotional products industry, there's a particular supplier that supported a nonprofit known as the Warrior Spirit Retreat, and we were able to witness the proceeds of that program being awarded to the recipient, Dan Nevins, happened at our annual trade show in the booth for the supplier, and they made a big deal about handing him a very sizable check in front of all of us who had supported the campaign during the course of the year where we had been invited to their booth to participate in the unveiling of the dollar amount that he was going to receive as a result of our collective sales efforts over the year. It was an emotional moment, and I've described it in many of uh, my in-person discussions with potential prospects over the course of the last four months. And boy, oh boy, have I referred them back to that link where I recorded the check presentation being done in January and with great result. So maybe not necessarily as a, a, a lead attraction tool, but as a commemorator of things that you may want to refer to in a video format at a future date, that is a really great way to leverage Facebook Live to your advantage. And then lastly, I wanted to get into a, a discussion over whether or not podcasting should now be uh, replaced by vlogging. And I think my good friend Kirby Hossaman is probably virtually high-fiving me right now over this topic. But I just wanted to give you a couple of ideas about why maybe a video blog might be superior to a podcast, even though I continue to produce podcasts. So one, the death of the RSS uh, push makes it difficult for bloggers to be able to send out notifications really any other way than just in an email or by posting it via social media. So for those of you who've turned off all of your social media notifications, I as a podcaster may not be able to put this content in front of you in the way that I can do by doing it uh, via video blogging. So because of YouTube. And YouTube, if you think about it, 
What other social media platform do you know that actually suggests other content to users so that you can really just focus on the quality and consistency of your content versus the game that we all have to play in social media and on our websites using podcasts and blogs to try to get our search engine optimization rankings where they need to be so that you as a consumer of content can actually find me. So YouTube actually solves that problem for you because it does it proactively by suggesting your content to other users on the platform who are watching content that your vlog may closely resemble. So really, really interesting thought there to allow YouTube to do your uh, pimping for you of your content, which is really, really interesting. And then trust, you know, people trust what they can see. So if you're really using your content as a way to develop a relationship with people built around that whole not know, like, and trust thing, doing it in video gives people the opportunity to both hear and see you, which is a giant step forward in the trust category. And what better way to start that rolling start towards trust than to give them the opportunity to interact with you in a video platform. And then last, links. Links and videos are really excellent conversion engines. So by linking back into the either the, the video itself or into the description in the bottom of YouTube, I give you as the consumer of my content the opportunity to be able to then spend more time with me and spend more time looking at my other content in a way that is a little bit more seamless than blogging or perhaps even podcasting. So not saying I'm going there, I'm still considering it, but uh, definitely there is compelling arguments to be had for why transitioning away from a podcast to a video blog might be something for us to consider. And lastly, as we close out our productivity session, I want to talk to you about five things to send prospects to keep you on their radar. People really love stories. Donald Miller in StoryBrand talks a lot about why story is important and help communicating your message of your brand. And people really love stories of transformation. So I think sending TED Talks on aspirational topics that will resonate with the recipient on the receiving end of what you're going to send Many of uh, people that I know are parents of young athletes, and so frequently I will send out this TED Talk that I am really fond of that talks about how parents and organized sports have really ruined the joy of competing for a lot of young athletes. And I've sent that along to the parents of my prospects that I know have young children who are in competitive sports. My children were all in competitive sports, so I identify with this notion of not ruining the joy of sport for children, and oftentimes I have gotten positive feedback from the recipients on that topic as it resonated with them, and it was nothing to do with anything to do than something just that I knew that they would find interesting. So that sometimes doesn't even have to be a business topic. I also think that it would be great to send invitations to people to something outside of both of your offices, preferably something fun and something that in some way demonstrates your understanding of that person. For instance, in Ann Arbor, Michigan, they do a great job of hosting in the summertime outdoor music series over lunches in public parks. 
What better way to spend some time with someone that you want to get to know better than to invite them out for a lunchtime concert in a summer park in a shared space? Really, if you uh, have the opportunity to do any kind of social media examining or sleuthing on a person, you may even find out a specific band that they like that maybe is even playing or a genre of music even that's playing that you can introduce them to and bring them out and show them that you've demonstrated a higher level of learning. Also, obviously, an article on a topic specific to the organizational role of your prospects. So, for instance, a big one is like Nurses Week is coming up soon and people will bombard hospitals uh, and procurement departments and the chief of nursing around ideas for things for them to give away for people for Nurses Week. I like to actually send an article to the chief of nursing that talks about why Nurses Week is a great nurse retention strategy and best practices in nurse retention as it applies to Nurses Week, as opposed to just sending out a flyer of product that says, hey, buy this from us and hand it out to your nurses so that they feel appreciated. Not that that's not a bad way to go about it. I just wonder if there isn't a way to show more value and stand out in a slightly differentiated way by sending an article on the topic that comes out of a different perspective. And then lastly, obviously, a piece of promotional advertising. No lead nurturing or prospecting campaign is complete without them. And food, whether it be candy or savory items like pretzels or even things like cheese or really it's just spanning the gamut. But we find that food is a really inexpensive way to make a positive mental association with your brand. But boy, oh boy, you got to make sure that the food that you're handing out is high quality. It cannot be stale. It cannot taste bad. What faster way to ruin what's supposed to be a positive mental association than to hand out cheap, bad food that immediately leaves a negative thought in people's head. And then last but not least, what better thing to send a person than a referral? If you know enough about a person's business and what they do to be able to communicate the value that they might be able to provide to someone else that you know, you actually win not once, but twice. You win with the person that you are making the referral for, and you are making uh, a great relationship with the person that you are creating the referral on behalf of. So... What great way to make a connection for two people for you to be able to demonstrate value than to make a referral to a prospect. So that's it. There you have it. 28 minutes of productivity. I hope that you find some little nugget of value in this. And boy, oh boy, what I'm hoping is that if there are books, if there are places to broadcast, if there are people to follow, or if there are things that you think that you know that would keep people uh, keep, keep your brand fresh with other people, by all means, comment, share, give us your suggestions, and let's create one heck of a list of things that people can use in order to be more productive. Until next time, this is Roger signing out. Thanks for listening.